and don't cry. Your folks might understand you. Hello, hockey fans. Welcome to this week's episode of From the Press Box right here on the AHL Report. We're so glad you're here with us today. I am your host, Amy Johnson, and of course, I'm joined every week by my fantastic co-host, our founder and editor-in-chief here at Rocket Sports Media, Rocket Sports Radio, the whole family of Rocket Sports. And uh, that co-host would be the one and only Rick Stevens. How are you today on... Not only the last Tuesday of June, it is the last day of June. Which means, hello, by the way. Hi. Um, which means it is the day before Canada Day, July 1st. And, you know, as Canadians, we, we take great pride, just just as you do with July 4th and, and Independence Day and all the celebrations. And we'd love to participate, hockey fans, that is, would... And hockey journalists would love to participate in uh, Canada Day, but usually we can't. Usually we're we're uh, you know we have our eyes on the on on the stories coming out because Gary Bettman Gary Bettman doesn't care about Canada Day. He has made it free agent uh, day for the NHL, but this year, not this year, it's all changed. It's all Canada Day this year. So yeah, I'm excited. Congratulations! That- you can't go anywhere. I get, <laughs> I get to celebrate quietly, without Mingling. hockey. With yeah, without hockey. Yeah, that's a, so. It's happy on free agency day. But I have, I have a, I have a celebration. To, I brought a prop today. Really, there's a reason I brought this prop, but it, I, it could be used for Canada Day as well. Okay, you brought a prop. I'm. We should all be not Brian. We should all we should, not, not, shut up. We should all be afraid. No, I wanted to make a Flyers reference. So Thank Brian you. Pop, not Pop's so we didn't bring Brian. With, no, Prop. he's not on the show today. No, we he, do have a guest. We do. Oh, that's a clue. You know what that is? It's a clue. It is a clue. Should I? Should I hold? Just leave that as. Yeah, is? we're just gonna. That's a clue. Give all it to right. us one more time got to keep it away from the mic because it's very wow okay so that's a clue as to today's guest it's a it's an official um fan celebration from a particular arena and and once you know what the arena is stop giving it away okay (laughs) it's all the clues i'll give you i was gonna say now you're doling out the clues hmm interesting Mm -hmm. all righty well, we do have a we do have a lot uh, on on tap for today. Uh, in our first segment, uh, we've got a little bit of news for Flyers fans uh, regarding uh, another uh, pretty well liked face for the Lehigh Valley Phantoms and and for Flyers fans uh, who in who follow the prospects. Uh, another familiar face that won't be back next year. We've got some information about that. Uh, and of course, just in general, uh, we've got some reaction to the, you know, it, this past weekend uh, would have been the 2020 NHL draft in Montreal. We should have been there uh, with our with our with with a new set of contest winners and and so on and so forth uh, visiting uh, the Bell Center for the NHL draft. Of course, 
that's delayed. That's on hold for right now. But instead, uh, Gary Bettman did feel it was prudent uh, to hold a draft lottery before we even know who's going to participate in the playoffs for this season. So we'll have some reaction on how that went, because I'm sure it went off without a hitch. I'm sure that it went off in, in just the best way possible. And we'll talk about it. We will talk about it. Uh, In the second segment, we're going to go around the AHL. Uh, We are going to talk a little bit about Dave Andrews, uh, the AHL, longtime AHL president uh, and CEO. And uh, we're going to talk about him as uh, today marks the day that his tenure as the president of the AHL comes to an end. Today is his last day in office. Uh, So we'll talk a little bit about that as well as, yes, we do have a special guest uh, coming up in the second segment. Uh, Fantastic interview. Uh, It's her first time on the show and you won't regret uh, hearing this interview. She's a, she's a, a, great person, great worker, great colleague. And we're, we're looking forward to hearing from her in the second segment as well. And then in the third segment, uh, we've got some uh, pretty exciting news on the podcast front here. Uh, so we go beyond the AHL uh, in the third segment, and that's exactly what we do here on this podcast. We've got some exciting news to share with you regarding this podcast on Rocket Sports Radio, so you don't want to miss that. Uh, and of course, we're going to wrap things up with a feel-good finale. Wouldn't be uh, wouldn't be a way to end the show if we didn't have something fun to end the show with. So we've got a, a great lineup for you today. Well, and I think the the bell would be good for the feel good finale as well to celebrate. That's um, I'm going to run a poll on Twitter. <laughs> I'll get back to you on that. <laughs> I'll get back to you on that. Well, happy Na- National Meteor Watch Day to you. Happy, happy what? National Meteor Watch Day. You know, Meteor is, Watch. Oh, this, okay. This is one of the dumber um, national days because uh, the meteor doesn't wait or doesn't schedule its arrival um, no. for the day, you know? No. So there may not even be any meteors to watch tonight. No. They're just um, like, why don't you go out and see if you spot one? Yeah. And if you don't, well, then come back next year. So the other day, the other um, national day, it's uh, Social Media Day. Oh, well. So happy social media. Happy social media day. I've I choose particularly for the last few months. I'm choosing to stay as far away from social media as I possibly can. But um, all right, that you've officially now now you're cut off. You're cut off on clues now because that is also a clue to our special Mm -hmm. guest interview coming up in the second period. Second period. Oh gosh. (laughs) This is a hockey podcast. It is. So in the you're, second you're fine. segment. You're fine. Maybe, maybe you're fine. we maybe we change it. Maybe we now have the first period, the second period, and the third period in this show. Who knows? Uh, with some intermissions thrown in between instead of commercial breaks. <laughs> in the second segment, uh, yeah, that's a, that's another clue. So we've got the prop and the fact that today is National Social Media Day. Hmm. When you say prop, are you asking me to? Okay, one more time. Go ahead. Hmm. Uh, yeah. Okay. Hmm. Second segment. Great guest coming. You got a couple of clues. Do you know who it is? If you don't, you don't want to miss it. Uh, so, okay, let's, let's start in our opening segment. Uh, and let's 
talk to the Flyers fans out there. Um, One of the prospects for the Flyers who, quite frankly, has done quite well for himself with the Lehigh Valley Phantoms, head coach Scott Gordon uh, refers to this young man as consistent, reliable. Uh, He put up some pretty um, outstanding numbers for himself uh, this season. Uh, while he was uh, playing for the Lehigh Valley Phantoms, he's uh, did manage to get uh, some call-ups to Philadelphia. He played 35 total games with the Flyers, but pretty struggled at the NHL level. Development's still key for, for him at this time. And I'm talking about 23-year-old Mikhail Vorobiev, or Misha Vorobiev, uh, as, as he prefers to be known as. Um, and... You know, Misha has had a very respectable uh, season this year um, and, and again, posted 28 points in the 45 games he played with the Phantoms this year. Very, very good uh, player, strong uh, 200-foot player. Uh, And if you're a fan of his, if you're a Phantoms fan and, and you like watching Misha play, or if you're a Flyers fan hoping that, you know, maybe next season was going to be the season that 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 development really kind of took the next step. Well, it has been reported uh, through a Russian website. Hasn't happened yet. Uh, We don't think there has been confirmation, but there has been confirmation from multiple NHL sources. And again, from from this uh, Russian outlet that Vrobiev has reportedly signed a three-year contract in the KHL to play for Salavat, Yulayev Ufa of the KHL, um, paying roughly $576,000 per season, which, yes, is lower than the NHL minimum. However, that's um, a lot more uh, than than what he would be making if he was only playing in the NHL, even on a, on a two-way NHL contract. So it uh, looks like with the uncertainty of what the AHL is going to look like next season, when the AHL comes back next season um, and and having those struggles at the NHL level, um, unfortunately, it's I mean, it's 23 is a young age to to make that decision to cut ties with North American hockey and head over to the head back over to the KHL. Um, but it seems that Misha Vorobiev has done that, uh, and and we wish him well, uh, Rick. I, we we've we've liked Vorobiev a lot. Um, he's a, he's a hardworking player. He's a good player. I think he's got a bright future ahead of him, and and hopefully he succeeds in the KHL. Hope so. Um, he yeah he he uh, had a very good season with the Phantoms last year, as you said. Uh, not so much with the Flyers. Uh, although he was up for 20 games in the NHL, um, a bit of a, a, like a very skilled player, good skater, um, you know, as you said, a responsible two-way player, bit of a perimeter player, doesn't like the rough going so much. And uh, I think in, in that respect, he he struggled a bit. That's something he's going to have to get used to uh, if, if, if he returns uh, at any time. But this is a, a three-year uh, contract. Mm-hmm. Um, with uh, Salavat, that was a team that uh, he played uh, for for a year and a half before coming to North America. It's his hometown. It's where he was born. It's his hometown team, and and um, so the the, the quotes uh, from the the article the the um, 
Russian article, um, and this is rough translation, uh, was uh, he said that uh, the, the, the decisive factor for him was that it was his hometown club. Um, he's nice. He, he likes to be able to, uh, speak to, uh, the fans in, in the language he's most comfortable in. And we know that, that, uh, he was working on, um, on English, but it was uh, a bit of a struggle. He sometimes came, um, with, a, an interpreter, um, and he, he said that he, he got home, uh, to Russia, he rested and then started, uh, started his training and he's excited to uh, to get back. Um, the um, general manager of the team said that um, this has been something that's been going on for quite some time. The negotiate the negotiations with him um, have been going on for about a year. Um, they they said that they tracked his progress in North America and thought he played very well. Uh, and and noticed that he got a call up to the NHL. He looked very good um, with the Phantoms, scored a lot of points, um, and uh, they're very happy with um, with the acquisition. And they think that he's just kind of on the edge of of uh, at his young age taking a leadership role. Um, so with a three year contract, they expect him to be a, a significant portion of their team. Absolutely. Now, the interesting thing is here, uh, first of all, I should mention um, that the Flyers do retain his rights. Um, but the interesting thing is, Rick, that reportedly Vorobiev was going to be one of those AHL players who the Flyers would potentially tap as a part of that Black Aces squad. Um and and so that had to have been taken into consideration for Misha as well, um, that he would have perhaps had a chance to play with the Flyers on this playoff run. Um, but again, looking long term and looking down the road and looking into the future, ultimately decided that this was the best best path for him. And it makes sense that he would have been one of those uh, as the rosters expand Um uh, that he would have been one of those players attached to the Flyers. Uh, he didn't have the the ups and downs in in his Phantom season that some of the other players did. Uh, Scott Gordon called uh, Scott Gordon called him the most uh, consistent Phantom, and uh, so it's had he stayed, he he definitely would have been uh, around should the season uh, resume. Absolutely. So we wish him, uh, we wish Misha well, um, and it's it's possible, who knows, we might see him back uh, here in North America at some point in the future, and we'll keep an eye on him in the KHL. Now, speaking of those Black Aces squads, uh, there, there continue to be players uh, reporting to um, NHL club practice facilities as Phase 2 continues in the NHL. Uh, in fact, for the Flyers, Connor Bunneman is now uh, playing at uh, the Skate Zone in Voorhees. In fact, I saw uh, a quote from him uh, on on social media today basically saying that he feels very safe, uh, that, that all of the protocols that the league and medical guidance has have um, suggested or mandated that the Flyers are doing that and then some. He says he feels exceptionally safe uh, every time he comes to practice and that it's it's a really great environment. And for him, he feels it's a really good environment. So he's one of those guys who's there practicing. Um, Rick, we know that uh, it was reported that Angela Price uh, wished uh, Carrie Price 
good luck and farewell as he is on his way now back to Montreal to Broussard as as more and more players come together. Um, interestingly enough, though, the NHL put out their statistics yesterday of how many players they've tested so far and how many of them have come back co- positive for COVID-19. Um, you're starting to see uh, Major League Baseball players and NBA players starting to opt out of their of the remainder of their season. Well, for the MLB, it's opting out of the season in, in total. Uh, for the NBA, some of them are opting out of the remainder of the season, citing, you know, they they... They love their sport with a passion, but they want to, A, they don't want to be away from their families that long, and B, there's just too much concern about health and safety. Um, And so some of these players are walking away from some pretty significant paychecks, um, which, okay, when you're talking about players who've already made millions and millions of dollars, maybe that's, you know, not to, to us to us average folk, uh, you know, maybe that's not so much to to concern yourself about, but sure, it's it impacts a family's finances and 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 changes the scope of things, Rick. So it, I think it's um, I still think it's going to be interesting to see. We're we're still waiting on what the hub cities are actually going to be. Word is Vancouver's out of the picture now. Um, so things still continue to develop and and particularly in the United States as as case counts are spiking all over the place and there's a lot of states where case counts are not spiking that they're even rolling back uh reopening allowances and so forth because they don't want to become the next state that starts to see a, an uptick in cases i th- i th- it's still very much a a live decision making process i'm sure for the NHL and those those um, uh, case numbers are having an effect on um, on training camps on on for for all sports and uh, uh, just as we went on air, minor league baseball um, made it official. Uh, we weren't expecting them to have a, a 2020 season, but they made it official. They have been informed by Major League Baseball that uh, it will not be providing players uh, to any of their, their affiliates. So uh, they've had to officially cancel their season. Um, and uh, that, you know, we can see the parallels between um, minor league baseball and the AHL, mm-hmm. uh, who had to do uh, a similar thing, canceling their season. And, uh, and, and we don't know when, when uh, uh, the next season will be for the AHL. We don't. Uh, and it's this will continue to develop as we say every week. It's going to change by the time we talk to you again next week. Um, you know, last week we were starting to see some some upsurge in places like Arizona and Florida. It doesn't help that the NBA's bubble is in one of the worst hit counties in Florida. It doesn't help that you've got plenty of uh, NHL things happening in Florida, um, Arizona. Um, but now even just just in the seven days since the last show that we had, I mean, those numbers have exponentially increased. I mean, we've got states here in the U.S. Uh, that are that are reaching daily case count records, hitting and breaking case count records since the start of the pandemic. Now, um, that's a scary thing. So wanting everyone to be safe. Um, and when you see things like, hey, 
every practically every airline is just going to start booking at full capacity again because why not? Um, <laughs> I this case counts are going to continue to go up um, until everyone gets on the same page with with what it's going to take and and. We'll see if Gary Bettman actually gets his wish for uh, return to play. It's interesting. You you continue to hear uh, stories of, of, you know, you've got a couple of players that you've heard pretty vocally say, um, no, I think, you know, we want to play. Everything will be fine and we're going to take safety precautions. But you're hearing a lot more of the stories of guys not wanting to play. Eric Engels even had a thread today about some anonymous players from around the league whom who he has spoken with and the majority of of those that he revealed were very uh we just uh, let's just cancel the season um so i think you know i'm sure gary is still hoping there's gonna be a season but i don't know i just don't know well gary gets his way and he got his way with respect to the nhl draft lottery Mm -hmm. and um that didn't work out <laughs> very well. That was a dumpster fire of success, let me tell you. I mean, and and I said this on social media, I was against having the draft now from the get-go. Um there there's there was zero reason to hold a draft lottery before you even know who the teams participating in the playoffs are going to be. It's just silly. The only reason for it is because Gary Bettman wanted the NHL and himself to be relevant uh, right on the same weekend that the draft should have been held because he didn't get his he didn't get his way. He didn't get to hold the draft in early June like he wanted to. Um, so, you know, he put his foot down and said, no, we're going to have the draft lottery. And he come the 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 advanced mathematics that he went through to come up with that the the NHL came up with for this algorithm of how they were going to do the draft lottery and how the the teams who are in the qualifying round that play in round to determine who the remaining teams will be who are going to participate in the playoffs what percentage of of weighting they'll have as far as you know making that that top eight in the draft lottery and so on and so forth and look at that. As we're watching, without a de- Detroit should have had the no- number one. Detroit and Ottawa should have occupied the top three spots. Maybe the Kings make it in there. Maybe the Kings make it in there in the top three. And instead, you watch this drama unfold as suddenly Ottawa drops to fifth. And then they come in with the number three pick. And so now you know Ottawa's out. Ottawa's not in the top two. And then and then Detroit, it just, it could not have gone more sideways if they tried. And Rick, so it's it ends up that the, pers- the team who is going to get the number one overall pick and likely will have Alexi Lafreniere is going to be one of the teams who is going to be fighting for a, a spot in the playoffs in, in the qualifying round, which, yes, means it could be the Montreal Canadiens. I, I can't imagine, I, I can't fathom another scenario which is more lose-lose. I mean, wh- like, just what's the point? And, and GMs in that top eight, especially Detroit, Auto, they have to be absolutely livid with how this went down. 
fans are are self-serving and um many of the fans are well we're we're still in it we got a chance and uh but when you look at this um you know a draft what's the purpose of a draft the tra- the draft is to um give an advantage to teams who are struggling and to um make sure that your your league has parity so that so that the the competition is raised so that um the interest level is raised um and uh the 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 draft is supposed to restock those teams like Detroit who finished so far so far back and uh, so so a fair draft a draft with integrity would ensure that that uh, Detroit has the first pick but uh, there's concern that that uh, teams would purposely uh, tank towards the end of the season to get in the position for that number one draft so the the mechanism the gentle mechanism to discourage that is a lottery situation but um, it should only be there to discourage tanking, but should still essentially reward those teams who who had a difficult year. Um, and what happened this 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 past weekend um, didn't live up to any of the ideals of what the draft is in place for, nor what the the lottery is in, in, what is there it's there for. Um, as you said, a team that that is could be very advantaged. It could be the Pittsburgh Penguins uh, if an upset happens um, that has a chance to, not an not an automatic, but has a chance, a one in eight chance of choosing first. And that's wrong. That's just, that's just wrong. As Brian Burke said, what happened, and, and we should say there's, there's no one who is a bigger supporter of the NHL and of, of uh, what, what the NHL um, it's, it's policies than, than Brian Burke because he worked there and he works for a rights holder now. Uh, but he called it an, an absolute disgrace and it was a disgrace. Um, the reason it was held now is to generate interest and maybe even lure in some fans, uh, from other sports. And instead it was, um, you know, it, it, it turned fans against. Um, it said that that this was uh, for most fans a joke, and for you know casual fans, they just didn't understand what was going on. How does a draft uh, a lottery happen, and you come up with a placeholder as a winner? It didn't make any sense. Uh, so it was it was. Um, now I know there are people on Twitter who said, uh, "Oh, any buzz is good buzz." Well, no, this was this was bad buzz. It was. It was um, in some quarters the NHL isn't thought of as one of the major um, uh, sports, and this just added fuel to that fire. Well, and and then you had those who got on their soapbox on Twitter to say, "Now listen, there's no need for concern. Athletes are competitive by nature." And by no means will any athlete participating in the play-in round purposefully tank during the play-in round just to try to get a shot at that first overall pick. There's not a team that'll do it. The, the players the players aren't going to allow that to happen. They're too competitive. They want to win the Stanley Cup. You saw a few of those. Because the, there were plenty of fans that immediately said, well, okay, um, 
which would you rather have a, a kind of a meaningless Stanley Cup during a pandemic? Not that the Stanley Cup is ever meaningless, but because of because of the scenario of return to play has just changed things so much. Just a, just a very different kind of Stanley Cup. Or do you want a shot at a, at a potentially a franchise player, perhaps, maybe? Um, and and no sooner were those words out of a few people's mouths on Twitter than Robin Leonard tweets something to the effect of, oh, well, looks like uh, there's going to be a lot of people not showing up for training camps. <laughs> Training camps are going to be a pretty, uh, pretty big walk in the park, eh? Um, so, you know, if if players are willing to joke about it, then you know that it's there. It's there at some level, um, particularly this season when there's some question about whether they should return to play or not. Right? They're giving up a lot. They're risking a lot to uh, to play at all, and and then if. Um, their team is going to be advantage if they lose. Um, obviously, those uh, thoughts are going through the players' minds, but it's it's more than the players. It's the fans. And if you set up a, um, a scenario whereby um, the majority of your fans are cheering against their own team to lose, um, then then something's wrong. And And not just a Twitter poll, but I've seen actual polls uh, done and it seems team by team uh, they're they're happening and uh, there was about twenty five hundred respondents to a, a a poll about the Canadians and and what do you want do you want um, a, a chance to to beat the, the the Penguins or or do you um, or do you want a chance at at Lafreniere and it was seventy eight percent I believe that that wanted Lafreniere meaning that seventy eight percent of those fans uh, polled would be cheering against the Canadians in the the qualifying round. That's wrong. That's a that's just a bad system. That's a badly designed process. And we'll save the rant for what that would mean if if <laughs> if the hockey gods put everything together that the Canadians happen to lose against Pittsburgh. And they went on and and in the second, in the phase two of, of the draft lottery, ended up getting that first overall pick and then selected Alexi Lafreniere. Well, we're just going to save. I mean, you might as well just find Mark Bergevin and Jeff Molson just permanent places uh, at Place Bell because they'll never be going anywhere. And we'll save the rant for... <laughs> how deserving that is or isn't for a different day. Um, it just creates a lot of convolution around a season and summer that has so much turmoil in it to begin with. And this was not another added piece of confusion and turmoil to add to the puzzle. Um, so now we wait. If there's one thing that Gary Bettman has ensured is he'll get great ratings again for whenever the second part of the draft lottery happens, because now everyone's going to want to know who is getting that first overall pick. Interestingly enough, Lafreniere didn't have any, didn't want to comment about it after the lottery had happened. <laughs> had nothing to say. Um, so we shall see. We shall see. Uh, with that, I think we're going to take a quick break here. On the other side, now you had some clues. Well, first of all, we're going to we're going to talk about David. Today's a big day for Dave Andrews. It is it is the last day 
before retirement for Dave Andrews uh, as as the AHL president. So we're going to talk a little bit about Dave Andrews uh, and some some awards he was recently given on the other side of of this break. But you were also given some clues to our very special guest who's coming up. Rick had a prop for you. Mm-hmm. He had a prop. Do we need to hear it again? Remind if in case you're coming in late. Oh, okay. So familiar. So we had that prop, and the second clue was that today happens to be National Social Media Day. Well, stick around. On the other side of this break, we'll let you know exactly who we have coming up. She's a great interview, and you won't want to miss it. So don't go anywhere. We'll be back right after this. For all the latest news, interviews, analysis, and commentary about the Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and every other team in the American Hockey League, as well as information on prospects, junior hockey, and international hockey, head over to AHL.Report, the home of the AHL Report. Follow along on Twitter at the AHL Report for live game updates, ringside photography, game recaps, and articles containing exclusive audio and video of your favorite players. That's the AHL Report, proud partner of Rocket Sports Media, AHL.Report. From the Press Box is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. Welcome back to From the Press Box right here on the AHL Report. Again, I'm your host, Amy Johnson, joined by my co-host, Rick Stevens. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at the AHL Report. That's the place to go to find all of the latest news and articles and content we've got coming out. I know my colleague, Rick G., uh, yeah, Rick G. My co-host is Rick. My colleague is Chris G. Uh, and he has his most recent uh, Rocket Notepad article out uh, giving his uh, report card on Joel Bouchard's season, uh, rating the coach and, and how he did with uh, certain players, whether he coached them well or perhaps coached them not as well as he could have. Uh, so you'll want to be sure to follow us at the AHL Report where you can find that article and lots more. Um Now, we do have coming up uh, later in this segment, we do have uh, a a special interview that we're going to talk uh, that we're going to have. Um, And I I can reveal now, I know everyone is waiting with bated breath. A a few weeks ago, uh, the AHL had released their since the season is officially over, you know, we, we've talked about the, the end of year award winners and so forth. And the team business award winners were announced. And this is where... um, the AHL does recognize the front offices of all of the AHL teams and and gives awards out for who had, uh, you know, the best ticket sales department of the year, the best corporate sales department of the year, uh, which teams had the most unique ticket sales night or um, most unique sponsorship package, things of that nature. And, and for the people who work in the front offices of AHL teams, 
you need to understand that these people work really hard and and it's all behind the scenes and it's really what keeps AHL teams running. As we've talked about, we don't know what's going to happen with the AHL this coming season because AHL teams run on ticket sales. They run on on the gate. Uh, and so those front offices are the vital lifeblood of, of an organization. Interestingly enough, um, the Springfield Thunderbirds were the ticket sales department of the year. Um, so good for them, uh, for, for Springfield. Um, the Colorado Eagles won most unique social media promotion for their use of tag board this year. And I, and I mention that because, uh, here at Rock Sports Media, we've we have used Tagboard in the past. Uh, Rick, Rick has has formulated that in the past um, to use for our fans uh, here at Rocket Sports Media, and um, so interesting to see that a, a, a piece of technology that Rocket Sports uh, has been using and and has used in in years past uh, was a method that the Colorado Eagles used this year to win most unique social media promotion uh, this year. So congratulations to them. Should also mention that the Laval Rocket did win uh, an award this year for outstanding marketing campaign for their Witness the Future uh, video series that they had put out throughout, uh, throughout the year. Uh, so congratulations to them for that. Um, but yes, we had the prop. We had the fact that today is National Social Media Day. And so the social media department of the year happens to go to the Syracuse. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Uh, what? Oh, it's going to the Syracuse Crunch. The Syracuse Crunch won social media department of the year. And we have none other than pretty much the social media department herself. Megan Cahill from uh, the Syracuse Crunch is joining us later in this segment today uh, to talk about the award talk about some other awards that the crunch has won in in recent years and and really talk about what it means to be a, a social media media department for a professional hockey team and and giving fans access to players and and bringing out their personalities and and those types of things. It's a fascinating interview. You don't want to miss it. And that's coming up later on in this program. And for for fans who've never been to a Syracuse Crunch game, that prop that Rick had earlier is none other than an official Syracuse Crunch Blue Cowbell, which practically every fan in that arena, <laughs> there it is. You hear those all night in a Syracuse arena and uh, happy to say that we have one at Rocket Sports. So, uh, so stay tuned for that. We've got a great interview with Megan coming up. But before we do that, let's pay a little bit of um, respect to outgoing AHL president Dave Andrews. Believe it or not, today is his last day on the job. Now, keep in mind, uh, he'll be sticking around. At, uh, he, he'll still be on the board and he is chairing the AHL return to play task force. Uh, so he will still be involved and active uh, in the AHL. But Scott Housen will officially take the reins as of tomorrow. And uh, Rick, it's the end of a, of a legacy. He's he's had 26 years at the helm of the American Hockey League. Uh, most certainly the league would not look or feel or operate the way that it does 
uh, as being the development league for the NHL without the vision and hard work and persistence of Dave Andrews. Uh, in fact, um, recently, even USA Hockey uh, awarded him uh, the USA Hockey's Distinguished Achievement Award this year uh, for playing such a significant role in helping to advance hockey in the United States. And uh, Rick, it's going to be, you know, I, I look forward to seeing what Scott Housen will bring to the table, but to say that he's got big shoes to fill, I think is probably the understatement of the century. <laughs> well, there's an article um, right now on NHL.com. It's uh, five questions with Dave Andrews by our friend Patrick Williams. It's uh Worthy of a, a read. And in the article, um, just to give you an idea, um, that uh, uh, Patrick Williams says that uh, since 1966, two people have led the AHL as president. Uh, Jack Butterfield was, uh, was the predecessor of Dave Andrews and then Dave Andrews. Um, so that, that, that says a lot that for over 50 years, two men have, have, have led the league and, and uh, Dave Andrews' uh, legacy is, um, is, is going to be significant. Um, I think he can be credited for a number of things, um, certainly creating an identity um, as a development league uh, for players. No, 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 not only for players. For players, for coaching staff, for um, officials, mm -hmm. um, it's it. The AHL is the development um, arm for that. Uh, it's also the incubator for experimental ideas uh, and rules. And when the NHL wants to try out a rule, it's it's um, it's tested in in the AHL first. Um, Dave Andrews has managed expansion. Um, he's, uh, solidified the, uh, the ownership, um, and, uh, you know, following the, the, the merger as it was with the IHL, um, he was, um, instrumental in that. And, and there's, um, a story that I was reading, uh, and it's Mark Chipman, um, talking about, and Mark Chipman on the AHL return to play committee, um, and he's, of course, uh, with the ownership of the Winnipeg Jets, but uh, was also a part of the IHL. And um, in one of the first meetings uh, with the new owners um, from the IHL, when they came into the AHL, there was a particular unnamed owner who said um, on an issue, well, uh, th this isn't the way we did things in the IHL. And uh, very quietly and and f but firmly dave andrews said this isn't the ihl and <laughs> and that that says a lot about the kind of i mean he he looks uh, grandfatherly and he is the nicest person to talk to and he i should say he's been great with us uh gracious when, with his time absolutely yep. um and and we appreciate every opportunity we have to interview him um but he shouldn't be taken as uh, you know uh, he's very firm. He has his opinions, and he knows how to get things done, and um, and and his influence is going to remain. And and uh, he's he's cognizant of the fact that um, you know he doesn't want to be looking over Scott Housen's shoulder. Um, he, he, he's going to remain. Dave Andrews is as as chair of the uh, of the board and uh, as an advisor to Scott Housen, but he wants to be there when Scott. 
uh, needs him, um, not when he feels that he needs to step in. So um, we thank him and, and the league thanks him and owners thank him and certainly hockey fans should thank uh, Dave Andrews. Absolutely. And it's interesting, you know, when asked how he, what he thought of, of Scott taking over the reins and, and taking his place and, and how things will be different under his leadership. Um, you know, if you, if you've, if you've ever watched Dave Andrews even give a press conference, or if you've, if you've spoken with him or been in the same room with him, he's a, he's a very gentle, um, very friendly, very down to earth, um, just really approachable, genuine type of person. And it was funny that I saw a quote that he said, um, well, his style will be, you know, it, it, it'll it be a lot different than mine. He's very, very quiet and very, very thoughtful. <laughs> I thought, well, you just described yourself. But apparently Dave Andrews thinks that that's a pretty different approach. So um, it also sounds, though, as if... Uh, you know, his Scott's personality will will perhaps follow a bit in the footsteps of, of the kind of uh, person, not business person, but just person uh, that Dave Andrews is. And we certainly uh, congratulate Dave on 26 years of of history that he's made. Really, honestly, uh, Dave, Han- Dave Andrews is the American Hockey League and, and the history that he has helped create and the the foundation for player, coach, official development. Um, it, it's just, it's, it's, there's no comparison. So congratulations on your retirement. We hope, we know he's uh, looking forward to spending a lot more time with his grandkids and uh, wishing him well and glad that he's still going to be around in some capacity. Well, Rick, joining us now on the show for her debut here at From the Press Box, and shame on us for not having her on the show earlier, but uh, this week presents the perfect opportunity for for us to introduce her to our listeners, the one and only Megan Cahill. She is the Director of Public Relations and Digital Media for the Syracuse Crunch. Uh, Megan, thanks so much for joining us today. Uh, We're so glad to have you here. Thank you so much. I'm excited to make my debut on this. Welcome. (laughs) We're glad to have you. Now, I mentioned there's a very good reason for you to be here, and that is because uh, recently the AHL uh, announced all of their uh, business awards for the year. Even though it was a shortened season, it doesn't mean that uh, the people behind the scenes running uh, each of these AHL teams wasn't hard at work all season long for for most of the season. Got got it almost done. Uh, And the Syracuse Crunch was awarded uh, the the honor of being the most outstanding social media department. Um, and so first of all, congratulations for congratulations, that. Congratulations, yeah. Um, Thank you. And and what's what's the reaction um, from you, your your colleagues, and just the, the team in general, both administratively, front office staff, players, of, of getting this kind of recognition? Yeah, we're really excited. I What I appreciate most about working with The Crunch is we have the opportunity to kind of do whatever we want. You know, if we have any cool ideas for content pieces or videos, we're able to do it. And um, our owner and my boss, they trust me to kind of make any decisions I want for that. So I've, I really appreciate the freedom um, and that we've been recognized for doing that well. Is um, It's really a great honor. 
Well, and this isn't the first time that your department has has kind of been in the spotlight and received recognition from the league. Talk to us just a little bit, you know, social media and digital media has been an award winner as far as the league is concerned uh, a number of times over the past couple of years, right? Yeah. So the first time that we got um, awarded by something by the league was 2016-17. And that was the first year that we did... um, lip sync videos. Okay. Um, And that's kind of where all of this started, that player personality. Um, So that year we won the award of excellence in digital media for the Eastern conference. Nice. Um, And I, um, I'm going to assume that it was based on just those lip sync videos. They did so well. (laughs) The fans loved them. I think by the end, the players really enjoyed them. Uh, They really got to see the personalities shine Mm -hmm. through. Um, And then we followed that up the next season with the locker room karaoke battles um, which we then also got an award for for most unique social media promotion. That was one that we were able to really go all in on social. We captured some data from fans. We built our database. So it was kind of a full encompassing program that worked really well for us. Wow. And then and then now this this year, uh, just the social media department in general, just an outstanding department for the league. Um, and I have to say, you know, there. There are, I think everyone probably listening, anyone who's on uh, hockey Twitter knows that there are teams, whether no matter what the league, AHL, ECHL, NHL, uh, junior hockey, there are teams that struggle in the social media department with um, <laughs> engaging content and and being relevant and humorous and, and serious at the right times. And you seem to always have your finger just just on the pulse of what is funny, what's going to be popular. Um, yeah, I've DM'd you a couple of times on on game nights and said, oh, I love the last tweet that, that just went out. It's just I'm rolling on the floor laughing over here. Um, so where does that, first of all, where does the creativity stem from? Do you, you know, do you, where where do you get your inspiration to do the things that you guys do, not just in what you post in in forms of text posts on on social media, but your digital media content and and the great interactions that you do with the guys and on on the team and so forth. Where does that creativity stem from? Yeah, I think I have to thank my dad and my grandpa for their dry humor, and <laughs> I think that's where that all came from <laughs> to begin with. Um, I think it's just. Um, I try to stay as up to be with whatever is going on online, uh, you know, following whatever trends it may be. Mm-hmm. I'm always on Twitter or I'm on Imgur, Tumblr, whatever it is that day, just trying to keep up with whatever it is. Um, and luckily just sometimes posts just come to me that I'm like, Hey, that'd be really funny. So I have running notes in my phone of oh, captions nice. that I would love to be able to use <laughs> at some point. And then just sit on, and in some cases, I've sat on captions for like two or three years, and finally, I'm like, this is this is it. This is the moment I can finally <laughs> use it. Um, so it's been helpful that whenever some sort of idea that I'm like, oh, I could probably make that work, when it comes to me, I write it down, and then hopefully it gets to a point where I can use that. Um, but it's also, it's our staff is great, and I'm always asking for any input that they have. If they have any ideas, I like to have content meetings um, at the beginning of the season, it, it typically is once a week. And then as mm-hmm. we get much busier, it starts to kind of get a little bit more sporadic. But if anyone has any ideas for same thing, like I'll write it down if they have a caption or a video or any sort of content piece, 
Um, I'll try to incorporate that in. And then if anyone has any ideas during games, like I've gotten texts from staff members that some of our tweets um, that have done well, sometimes it's just someone else's text me and they're like, hey, this would be really funny if you could use this tonight and I'll try to find a way to incorporate it. <laughs> nice. Um, so it's just I, I sit on stuff for a little while until I finally find that right moment and I get lucky. <laughs> So uh, from from a fan perspective, they seem to always, they just want more. They want, uh, th there's a real desire for access, uh, especially behind the scenes access. Uh, fans want to get to know the players uh, more. And, but in your position, you have that uh, competing desire for access. And I, I think what fans don't understand is just how busy these players are. They have games, they have practice, they have time in the weight room they they watch game video um they got to get the rest uh and they need some some personal time so how do you how do you balance that 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 access uh that desire for access versus protecting the the player's time protecting uh their privacy and and that sort of thing yeah i think we're really lucky that we have a lot of players in the organization that want to be part of these content pieces mm -hmm. and that they're definitely the driving force behind it. Like I, I probably wouldn't have done half the stuff we've done if we didn't have Daniel Walcott on the team. <laughs> he just, he can rally the players and he can get them really excited about some stuff, whether it's a video that they want to do or a video they may not want to do. They end up having fun with it because I have him on my side to help uh, support that. So that that's key. I don't think if it was just the front office mandating what we wanted the guys to do, I don't mm -hmm. think you would get any of that personality coming through and it wouldn't really be genuine. You can tell when you watch something, if an athlete is being told, Hey, you have to record this. Right. And they oh just, yeah. They're not excited. <laughs> oh yeah, yes. It's just, <laughs> whether it's a PSA or, you know, whatever, whatever video it is, you can definitely tell. So it's having them really into it is number one. Um, and then they'll come to us with ideas. So the locker room, the karaoke battles, that was Wally when we we're like, how are we going to top those lip sync videos? And he's like, well, I have an idea. Let's do karaoke battles. And then he helped me plan out like who's going to compete against each other. And then he got the guys involved. Wow. So it's, it's really, you need to have the team on board. And I, what I love about this organization and the Tampa Bay lightning is they really draft good people and that's really important for them. I know it started when, with Steve Eiserman and now Julian Breesbaugh when they're looking at players to bring in it's it's good people um, and they also happen to be really good at hockey so that just makes my job so much easier when I'm working with guys that are outgoing and friendly and don't give us a hard time. Well, and for our Laval audience, Daniel uh, Walcott is a Quebecer uh, from Il Perot, former Armada player, um, and uh, and and he was. Uh, you mentioned those locker room battles, uh, karaoke battles. That was that was what uh, drew me in. Uh, he was great in in those. Um, I, I and um, Matthew Peck is in one, and and uh, and others. Uh, they're really well done, and and as you said, the guys are really into them. Um, how do you, um, what kind of training do you do? Uh, cause you know, all players these days come, they, they already have Twitter accounts. They, they have Instagram accounts and how do you, uh, prepare them for what might be the pitfalls of, of social media now that they're, uh, uh, 
personality. They're they're a, a hockey uh, celebrity as as such. <laughs> we do a social media talk with the, the team at the beginning of each season. And it's typically the prospects will get this during prospect camp when they're in Tampa over the summer. So then when our team comes to us, um, once we have the vets and everyone all together, we'll just sit down and I'll go through. Tampa does have a social media policy. Um, and then we've drafted ours based on that. And it, uh, most of it really is just that common sense of being aware that you have kids that are following you, you have families, you have right. people from all walks of life. Just be aware that even though it's your personal account, you still are representing the crunch and you're representing mm-hmm. the lightning. And, um, you know, the GMs are going to see what you're posting. The coaches are going to see what you're posting. So it's just making sure that they understand that they may not realize that they're a role model, but they are. Um, and then as they move through their career, hopefully, you know, when they're moving on to the NHL and they're, they're playing these really big games in front of really big crowds, they, it all started when they were with our team and they understood that there were kids that were going to try to model themselves after these guys Mm -hmm. and they, they know what to post. So, um, the NHL has a policy. I go through that with them. I go through the team policies with them. And then we just remind them that, uh, because I, I have a hand in PR and I have a hand in, in our digital, that our department is there to support these guys, whether they, have any questions about social, which my number one question is, can you get me verified? So I, I'm submitting <laughs> Instagram verifications all the time. It used to be Twitter. Now all they wanted to be is verified on Instagram. So that, that blue check mark, it's, I think there has, whenever we get a new player, there has to be someone in the locker room saying, yes, Megan can get you verified. Cause that's always their number one first question when I meet someone. <laughs> um, Maybe I'm so going to have to ask you yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> off air here. It's so funny. I, I'll have some of our players, who used we they used to play with our team and they've gone on to a different league or a different team and they'll message me on whatever and say, Oh, I messed up my Instagram or I got locked out. Can you fix it for me? <laughs> like, okay, it's nice to hear from you as well. Yes, I'll fix it for you. Well um, <laughs> but we we remind them though that we are there as a resource for them. Um, and if they have any issues on social, because these guys are along with getting praise, they are getting people that are chirping them or, you know, kind of crossing the line in some cases. So it's just reminding them that if they have that problem, they don't need to go back at someone on social. Don't make it public. Come to us because we have the resources and we have the ability to handle that for them because that shouldn't be something that they're worrying about when they're trying to play professional hockey and they're putting everything out on the ice for us. We'll take care of anything that um, is going on behind the scenes. So we, I have had players in the past where someone was tweeting at them and it was something that was actually starting to scare him. It was starting to scare his family. So we stepped in and took care of that for them. Um, so they understand that, that they can rely on us. Well, that actually brings up, it, it segues perfectly with the next thing that I was going to ask you is, some of the challenges of running a professional hockey team's social media account, you know, um, I'm sure that uh, you make all of the hockey decisions for the team. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure that fans (laughs) expect you to change the lineup on demand. Um, You know, what are, what are as, as fun as it can be, you're also kind of on the front line of receiving any feedback, whether it's good, bad, indifferent backlash, you know, how do, how do you, how do you balance that? And how do you deal with that on a daily basis? Yes, luckily the team in the time that I, the last five years that I've been here 
has played really well. So <laughs> I don't take too, too much of that. And I've gotten really lucky in that regard. But um, it's something you really have to learn to not take to heart. Mm-hmm. Um, you put a lot of time and effort into these social pages. And I mean, all of our staff members, we all care so much about the team. So if someone says something negative that we really will get upset over it, like we'll, we'll get mad over mm-hmm. these tweets. And I think people don't realize that there is a person behind any brand account or team account, anything. Right. Um, they lose sight that you're actually talking to a real human being and they'll say some stuff that you really shouldn't be saying to anyone, even if it's behind the, the safety of a computer screen or behind a phone or whatever it may be. So it's just learning to not take it personally, even though, I mean, you're going to, and I think a good brand manager, a good social media manager is going to take it personally because you do care. And that care factor shows, Mm -hmm. um, in the work that's put out on those pages. So it's, uh, I've read a lot of articles, mostly recently when I've, I've had some time now, um, just about managing just the mental health of managing pages and being behind the scenes on the social side of it. Um, you do need to check out, and it's hard sometimes. You don't want to log out for a weekend or a week and go on vacation because you, you right. feel like you have to be on 24-7. And I think as I've gone through my career, I understand that. No, you really do need that time to decompress and recharge and just log off of some stuff. So um, we have people on staff that if, you know, I'm gone in the summer for, you know, four or five days, I want to get up in the mountains and not have any sort of uh, signal to my cell phone. (laughs) Um, I have someone that can that they can cover those couple of days because it's, it's okay to take a break. That's good. That's, and that's, I think that's sage advice for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, social media manager or not. Well, um, so we, yes, we don't quite know what the AHL is going to look like this next season, but I'm sure you're already planning. Are, do, are, is there, do you already have some, we had the lip sync videos. We had the locker room karaoke battles. Is, are there, are there things simmering the next, the next big thing for the Syracuse Grunge? Yes, there's definitely some ideas simmering. I'm not going to give it away too much, no, but no. I was, I was uh, sitting on my couch one night and I just got a text out of the blue from Wally and he, it was just like three words and he's like, this is our next idea. Nice. Um, and it definitely has a karaoke singing element to it. It will have some sort of competition element to it. Nice. Um, so we do have an idea. It's just, we, we haven't put anything out in the last couple of seasons. And honestly, it's because I've been having some issues with, um, the music and getting the copyrights oh, and the trademarks yeah. yep. that um, in the first couple of years when we were doing it, it, we were fine. And now we have some, we've had to take some down because we don't have the right rights to it. And we thought we did. Um, okay. It's just, it's a whole different process between what we pay for ASCAP in the arena for that music. And then right. for what you can use on social media, it's, it's become this whole legal thing that I am now learning a whole lot about. <laughs> <laughs> Copyright law is now something that I... They're so I really, much fun. <laughs> yeah, I really started to read about. So um, now that we have uh, a couple months this summer, um, that's my goal is to make sure that I'm all set with whatever music we're going to be going with next year so we can jump right into it and, and really ha- come back strong with a nice music series of videos that hopefully will top what we've already done. 
Excellent. Can't wait to see what that is. I, I think Daniel Walcott is angling to eventually be a social media manager when he's done with, when he <laughs> retires from hockey. I think he would do a great job with it. I, I gave him our TikTok account because we've never had a TikTok account Oh, before. no. <laughs> and then during this pause, I think everyone when they were quarantined just jumped onto TikTok. And, and it gets really addicting. I don't know if you guys have scrolled through any of the pages at all, but all of a sudden I'm on an hour. I'm like, what have I been doing for the past <laughs> hour? It's so easy to get sucked in. So I had been asking him and Matthew Joseph all year. I'm like, hey guys, let's start a TikTok. Let's start a TikTok. And they're like, no, no, we're not into it. And then Wally texts me a couple weeks into the pause and goes, I'm ready. Let's do it. <laughs> so I sent him the password and off he went. And I think he put maybe three videos on our TikTok account just to, nice. to get it started. So we have a soft launch. We'll see when we get back for next year if we're able to maintain it and kind of build off of that. Excellent. Well, we know whatever it is, it's going to be fantastic. And you said it yourself, uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning Organization and Syracuse Crunch only hire people who are good people and also do their job very well. Uh, I will go ahead and say for on behalf of Rick and I, that includes you, my friend. Um, Absolutely. One of our favorite people to uh, work with on in the Eastern Conference on the in the AHL. And uh, congratulations again on such a fantastic uh, award. Thank you. I really appreciate it. And uh, if you uh, if you're not fine. If you're not following the Syracuse Crunch team account, highly recommend you do so. It's simple, at Syracuse Crunch. Uh, it's entertaining. You're going to see those videos. Head over to their YouTube channel. Um, check out some of some of those, uh, the, the karaoke battles and the limps. It's, they're very entertaining. <laughs> and it is quite apparent that the guys are very into it, uh, which makes it very, uh, so much more entertaining to watch when they're actually having some fun. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> um, thanks again so much for coming on. Thanks, Megan. And uh, we can't wait to see what you've got coming next. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. Hopefully I'll see you guys soon. Uh, on that note, we are going to take one more quick break. And on the other side, we're going to go beyond the AHL. And we're going to talk a little bit about this podcast and some very exciting news that we have for it. So don't go anywhere. We will be back right after this. Be sure to follow us on social media. Find us on Twitter at The AHL Report. Check out our original game photography on Instagram at AHL Report and watch our exclusive video interviews with players, coaches, and other notable hockey names on our YouTube channel at All Habs. Just remember to turn on notifications so that you never miss a video. The AHL Report, your premier source for Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and all American Hockey League news. From the Press Box is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. In addition to building a worldwide network of sports fans, the team at RSM is also dedicated to mobilizing the sports community in ways that make a difference in the lives of others. Giving back to the community bridges the gap between team affiliations. It's something any fan can support. RSM proudly provided support for organizations and projects like Hockey Fights Cancer, Five Hole for Food, the Montreal Canadiens Children's Foundations, Autism Speaks, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of Canada, and the People of Canada Portrait Project, just to name a few. If you would like to be involved with a Rocket Power project or have a worthy fundraising initiative you'd like us to be part of, please contact us at rocketsportsmedia.com. 
Welcome back once again to From the Press Box right here on the AHL Report. I am your host, Amy Johnson, and of course, I'm joined by my co-host, Rick Stevens. Once again, I will invite you and welcome you and remind you to go to Twitter and be sure you're following us. And you can find us at the AHL Report on Twitter. It's the place to go for all of the latest news, content, and updates uh, coming from the Rocket Sports Media and the AHL Report crew. So be sure you're following us at the AHL Report. Uh, Rick, I have to say, once again, thanks to Megan for joining us in that last segment. Really a tremendous interview. Uh, and that's two weeks in a row. We had a great interview with Joe Yurden last week. Uh, you're probably familiar with him. Uh, if you're if you're active on Twitter, you're familiar with at Joe Yurden. Uh, has been reporting on the Buffalo Sabres for the NHL and for The Athletic for, my goodness, six or seven seasons now. Um, And uh, had a great interview with him last week regarding all of the upheaval in the Buffalo Sabres organization, which also means the Rochester Americans. Um, Now that uh, so many uh, coaches and and scouts and personnel just cleaned house. Um, And so we had him on last week. Interestingly enough, should mention, be sure you, if you missed last week's show, be sure you go back and listen to that episode because it's it's a fascinating interview. Joe's Joe's a wonderful wealth of knowledge uh, and a great interview. So be sure you be, be sure you go back and listen to that. But interestingly enough, Rick, you know, your premonition it, may, it might be happening. In last week's show, you asked Joe Yurden. So what are the possibilities? Do you do you think Buffalo would now be a landing spot for a guy like, oh, let's say Rick Dudley, who's who's well versed at, at building, uh, building a team, uh, very well respected, calls Buffalo home. Um, Rick Dudley, if you'll remember, used to used to be with the Montreal Canadiens. He's now with Carolina Hurricanes, senior VP of remind me. He's, he's got a senior VP of hockey operations. Yeah, senior VP of hockey operations for the Carolina Hurricanes. And Rick, today, just before we went on the air, a um, little bit of news coming out of North Carolina. Looks like you might, it's possible you could have this right on the nose. And if, if, if it ends up being the case, I'm going to ask you for the lottery numbers next week. Well, the the conversation we had with uh, Joe last week was fascinating, and as he was talking about the issues uh, that are are being faced by the Buffalo Sabers, he was talking about uh, the relative inexperience of the new general manager. He was talking about the kind of things that were valued by the the ownership, um, and in fact, I asked one more question than 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 I was allowed, and and. Uh, <laughs> Uh, because it just seemed to, in my mind, it seemed to be pointing to to a guy like Rick Dudley. And so that kind of capped off our conversation last week because um, Rick Dudley, um, you know, our association with, with him was, he started as the assistant general manager uh, providing advice to Mark Bergevin in, in uh, Montreal and, and was promoted to senior VP of hockey operations. Um, and then... You know, when it was clear that that um, uh, the, Mark wasn't making full use of of his talents, uh, he decided it was time to to move on, and he's done great things with uh, Carolina. Um, and, and you know, um, 
he's Rick Dudley is is certainly one of the smartest, one of the more more cerebral guys in in the NHL. He's mm-hmm. one of the best talent evaluators I've ever seen. Yep. Um, and uh, it seems like uh, would be a natural fit. Uh, would be a, a, a um, accepted by the fan base, given that he was, uh, you know, head coach for a number of seasons, and uh, and that he is uh, he makes uh, the Buffalo area his home. So it seemed like a natural fit, and we don't know that that's what's happening. All we know at this point um, that uh, the report is from the uh, uh, the beat reporters with the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, they reported that. Uh, Rick Dudley is leaving the team, and that's all. So uh, we can speculate. Yeah, we can speculate that uh, that a landing uh, point might be uh, Buffalo, um, given that the, the the conditions are ripe. Um, but uh, maybe we'll be we'll be uh, talking about that next week. But just remember, Rick suggested this to Joe Yurden a week ago before this this news about Rick Dudley leaving the Carolina Hurricanes just hit. Today, just this afternoon, Tuesday, June 30th, in the year 2020. So, if this ends up being right, if you were right on the money a week ago, you heard, remember, you heard it here first. You heard it on from the press box, Rocket Sports Media, Rocket Sports Radio. You heard it here first. And uh, sorry, uh, as as host of the show, I do have dibs on lottery number uh, premonitions <laughs> from my co-host. So get in line. Um, but we are all waiting with bated breath. Uh, the first half of this premonition um, could be coming true. We'll see. There's a lot of other places Rick Dudley could land up, could end up and land. But uh, interesting developments. We will uh, stay tuned on that one. Speaking of interesting developments, you know, here at From the Press Box, uh, this is a a very fun uh, show that we get to do every week. We are on the air pretty much every week of the year. Uh, there are, you know, usually in August, we take uh, two or three weeks off just as a, okay, we need a breather just to also have a, a summer vacation, and then we're right back at it again. Um, and so we're dedicated to bringing you as we all are here at the AHL Report, we're dedicated to bringing you the stories uh, behind the scenes of the AHL, the ECHL, prospects, NCAA hockey, European hockey, junior leagues, um, and and potential draftees as well. Um, and there's a lot <laughs> that covers a lot of hockey, and there's a lot to talk about. And so we we hit the highlights here every week on this show, and we're proud of it. Uh, and we've we've. We've brought this to you and as under the umbrella of from the press box, because those are where our stories come from. We are credentialed reporters. We've been credentialed for years uh, in dozens of different uh, arenas around the AHL. In the ECHL, we've been credentialed by the NHL. We've been credentialed by uh, the the CHL at different uh, at different levels by the IIHF um, for international hockey. Uh, so you're getting NCAA. And oh, I'm sorry. I thought I thought, I must have missed NCAA. There's so many of the acronyms, you know, NCAA, all of them um, that. We work really hard. We're the one we 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 travel to all of the locations and we get the stories and we scout the players and we talk to the players, we talk to the coaches, we talk to the training staff, and we bring you the objective 
uh, truth that we see and experience and hear uh, behind the scenes and from the press box. Um, and so that's that's really what you get here. And that's why the show is called From the Press Box. And it's it's what we will continue to do. And and quite frankly, we are just wrapping uh, this. This will be the last episode of our third season. We have officially kick off our fourth season next week. Um, believe it or not, time flies. My goodness, um, this is this week is episode one hundred twenty nine. So our one hundred thirtieth episode will kick off season four next week. And Rick, that also means just a couple of pretty exciting changes. Uh, that will also come along with our fourth season starting next week. Well, you get it. Because you've uh, decided to stay with us and listen to the third segment, we're going to uh, pull back the veil a little bit and give you a <laughs> sneak peek into um, how uh, this podcast and and our, our podcasts uh, uh, with Rocket Sports Radio are going to evolve. And... Um, Listen, it's it's we know you have choices. We know there are other podcasts out there and it seems to be the thing to do. I have an opinion. I have a phone. Um, I'll sign up for a, a free platform and I'll create a podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't have a plan. I don't do any research. <laughs> I don't go to arenas. I don't sit in the press box, but um, I'm, I'm going to put together a fan podcast and okay, they have their place, but... Uh, this is something we've been doing for a very long time and and for um, a decade. Um, as uh, maybe some don't know, but but uh, uh, Rocket Sports um, has been around since 2007 and we got into the podcast business um, early in 2010 and, and put together 250 episodes of Habs, Habs 360 uh, since 2011. So um, then we... we we broadened that, and and uh, in 2017 went into um, expanded the, the the listenership to to look at prospects and and AHL hockey and all the leagues that that you mentioned. Given that that our our um, community was was increasing, both our fans and and those contacts that we had, and um, we wanted to share what we knew uh, and what we could see, and and the benefit of of our, our hockey experience in, in the benefit of our hockey contacts, as well as, as the, the experience we had from, from creating a product and uh, some of the, the um, training that we, we do with our staff. Um, so where is this all going? Well, uh, we've, we've spent the pan- time during the pandemic. Actually, this goes back a year, the project in the making, but during the pandemic, we, we accelerated things a bit. And um, we've got some new uh, hardware. Uh, we've uh, changed our studios. We've uh, got a new sound. Um, and uh, we've also, given the, the popularity of, of um, the two cred- credentialed podcasts that we have, Canadians Connection and From the Press Box, um, we, we wrapped them up uh, into, into one subscription feed uh, in the past. Uh, but they're just getting they're just getting really big and uh, really popular, and I think 
carving out their own niche so that they have a slightly different um, set of listeners. Mm-hmm. So um, if you subscribe to From the Press Box, you're going to get From the Press Box. Uh, if you'd like to just subscribe to both, and we'd really like you to, you can also subscribe separately to Canadian, the Canadians Connection. But From the Press Box uh, deals with more than the Montreal Canadiens. It deals with all kinds of franchises, all levels of hockey, all prospects. And so um, it's going to stand on its own now, and, and it's deserved that chance to do so. Um, and in doing so, uh, we're also going to make some other changes. And, and maybe we'll let you in on, on uh, some things that uh, are going to be changing in the next couple of weeks. Absolutely. So coming up uh, in the next couple of weeks, you're going to want to, you know, if, if you're listening and you've been a loyal listener, then you're probably subscribed to the show. Uh, we're going to we're going to ask you to do that uh, once again in the next couple of weeks, um, once all of the technical pieces fall into place. And we'll give you all the guidance and guidelines on how to do that because we are uh, switching our platforms Um and, and making sure that we are available in an even more widespread uh, fashion through iTunes. Uh, you, you could already find us uh, on, on a lot of the major podcast platforms, but we wanted to be sure that we're reaching as many people as we possibly can. So there are going to be uh, some, some new podcast platforms. And since we're moving uh, and, and kind of becoming a standalone podcast still under of course the umbrella of rocket sports radio but you're going to be able to search for us on our own now so when that happens you're going to want to subscribe to that feed in particular we'll give you the guidance on how to do that um for today i would recommend because we've started those those technical pieces have started to come together uh, i would recommend particularly if you're an itunes listener uh, go to ahlreport.com today and click on this week's episode of From the Press Box. You'll you'll see it'll be the the first thing there on on the the website. Uh, click on that and scroll down to the bottom where you'll see a link uh, for Apple Podcasts and iTunes. And if you go there, it will take you to our new feed in iTunes. Be sure you subscribe, rate the prog- podcast, all of those great things that you uh, we've come to to appreciate you doing in the past. Um, or in the in the you'll see a very schnazzy fancy new player down at the bottom of of the post on our on our website. Um, and there's a subscribe button right in that player. You can you can click on that. So uh, go ahead and do that today. Uh, we'll make sure in the upcoming week or two, as more technical pieces get put into place, we'll give you more guidance on on a faster way of finding our new feeds on all of your favorite podcast platforms and subscribing. But for now, uh, that's the easiest way to do that. So go to ahlreport.com. Uh, look for this post. It's episode 129 episode 129 and uh find the find the link um for uh apple podcasts and and uh subscribe there or click on the uh subscribe um uh, link that's built right into the player um you're all you're going to notice we've got a new player we've got a new playlist uh on the um on the sidebar of of the website and um and then the other thing we're 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 putting together, uh, we've put together a a, a new link for you, um, a new URL 
a new domain name so that it, you can go right to uh, the archive. Um, but that comes under a little bit of a different name. It does. That is the other exciting news is that starting with our fourth season, you know, from the press box really has been the exact illustration of what we do. We bring you stories from the press box, literally. Um, And it has served us well, and it is still what we will be continuing to do. However, the the press box is is where we do some of our work. Uh, We do a lot of our work in the locker room. We do it in the in the rinks in the seats in um all of it so uh we're changing the name a little bit we're brought as we said we're broadening uh our our listenership we're broadening our product and we're also broadening the name we are and so uh this podcast will be formerly known as from the press box going forward we'd like to welcome you to the press zone Uh, and here at the press zone, you're going to get the same great stories from behind the scenes in, with, in, in arenas, with players, with coaches, with, with staff, uh, with fans, with, with front office personnel, you're going to get those same great stories. You're just going to get them from the press zone, uh, because the press, as Rick said, the press box is not the only place that we, uh, that we work and, and uncover those stories and, and build those, uh, connections with people uh, all over the hockey community. And so we're giving you access to the press zone. Uh, and so that is, uh, you'll you'll even see in the title of, of this week's post on our website, ahlreport.com, you will see that new name reflected in the title. Um, From the Press Box will always be near and dear to our heart as, as the inaugural title of this show for the first three seasons of its existence, but we're very excited that moving forward, we'll be bringing you the press zone every week here at the AHL Report. And know that you have an all-access pass starting in season four to the press zone. Um, And uh, the website to the archive is thepresszone.com, thepresszone.com. Perfect. And so you go there and you will see all of the past three seasons of From the Press Box uh, there at thepresszone.com. And as we move forward into season four, you'll be able to find all of the archived future episodes as they happen as well. We're very excited about it. Uh, Be sure you tell your friends. Again, this is going to be the reason why a new subscription to the podcast feed will be necessary. Uh, If if you don't do it today, uh, as we mentioned before, through the iTunes feed, we'll give you direction uh, in the next week or so as the rest of those technology pieces fall into place uh, and that feed for the press zone becomes active. Uh, We'll be sure to give you guidance so that you uh, won't even have to blink with and and you'll be able to find us uh, very very easily on your favorite podcast platform Whew. wow that's it's, exciting it's very exciting it's a great way to wrap up season three it's a great way to wrap up june uh and july is just going to bring more great things and we're so we're so appreciative that you've been with us whether you're a relatively new listener or you've been with us since episode one three years ago we appreciate you listening every week we enjoy so much bringing you these stories and and we really enjoy getting you know we enjoy the network that we've built throughout the hockey community uh with all sorts of different types of people and it really brings us joy when we get to bring some of those folks on as guests of the show, as we did this week with Megan, as we did last week with Joe Yurden, um, because we enjoy 
working with these people, and we'd like to be able to introduce you to them as well uh, and get to hear their stories. So this is the place that you'll be able to continue to do that, and we're just so glad that you've been with us all along, and, and we look forward to to bringing you a lot more of that coming uh, coming up in the future. Before we leave, uh, if that wasn't happy enough for you, uh, before we leave, got to leave you with uh, our feel-good finale. I have two quick things. Uh, the first is a fantastic video that's that's circulating on social media right now about Little Nolan. Little Nolan plays uh, Little League Baseball. He's just a little guy. And he had made it to, to first base, and his best friend happens to be... Um, on the opposite team as him. And so the next batter is up, hits the ball. Nolan takes off for second base and he's chugging along and he's chugging and he's chugging and he's chugging and he, he's almost a second base and he stops suddenly turns around and runs halfway back to first base because his best friend who happens to play on the other team was standing there and well, he just had to give him a hug. It's like, you know, I know I got to get to second base, but I, I ran right past my best friend and I didn't hug him. So he stopped, he came back, he gave him a hug, and then he continued on to second base. And I just thought, <laughs> I just thought that was the sweetest. I mean, somebody needs, uh, coach needs to take young Nolan aside and say, okay, look, kid, you can hug your best friend later after the, sh- after the game. For now, we got a score, but, <laughs> but uh, that was not important to young Nolan on this day, uh, which was which was fantastic. The other thing that was that was great that I saw uh, this week was a video that this happened to take place in Mexico, and um, someone took took a video pouring rain, torrential downpour in the middle of the day, and someone took a video of a young man who was driving along and saw there was there was an uh, an older gentleman, a senior citizen gentleman. Uh, on the on the side of the road in this town, standing there in the pouring rain, with you know when you go when you go to a hockey game and the cotton candy guy comes down the aisle and he's got that enormous pole with all the cotton candy stuck in in the in the sides. Well, this poor older gentleman is standing in the pouring rain selling cotton candy. <laughs> which I'm, okay. I'm assuming he has plastic covers on all of it. Otherwise, it would have all <laughs> melted away. Well, this young man sees this. He stops, and there's video of it. He stops, walks over to the man, and proceeds to buy every single, and I mean, this guy has a lot of cotton candy, buys every single thing of cotton candy, throws it in his truck so that this older gentleman can go, just go home and get dry and be with his family. And it's just... <laughs> It's just the sweetest thing. Um, we love we love to see stories like that, uh, particularly right now when uh, we can all use a little bit of a helping hand. And just to help along, I'm going to provide a translation oh, for our Canadian. I knew this was coming, listeners, and, uh, and that would be candy floss. It's not candy floss. That's I'm sorry. What we call it in in Canada. Well, I'm sorry. here in the U.S., we call it cotton candy because nobody's flossing their teeth with it. You you need candy to floss. floss. You need to floss when you're done eating it because of the amount of sugar that's stuck between your teeth. But you don't floss with it. You don't. It's 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 cottony. It's cut. It's candy in cotton swab form. Eve's troughs. I'll give you Eve's. Eve's troughs sounds better than gutters. I I will give you that. We we'll have the top five. <laughs> that'll be a, an upcoming top five of Canadian isms versus Americanisms. Americanisms. All right. Um, that's a that'll be a good one. Well, 
on that happy note, we wish you uh, a very happy Canada Day tomorrow for all of our Canadian listeners and a very happy Independence Day for all of uh, my fellow American listeners. Uh, We wish you uh, a week of good celebrations, but safe celebrations. Uh, Remember, social distancing, wear a mask, wash your hands, all of that good stuff. Um, And we'll see you back here next week for the kickoff of season four and another great episode of, well, not from the press box. We'll see you for the first episode of The Press Zone right here on the AHL Report. Thanks so much. Have a great week. We'll see you again next week. And keep on wishing. Remember your dream is your only scheme. So keep on pushing.